Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here in the studio with us at KPFT 90.1 FM. Folks, we are enchanted. We are happy that you are here with us. And you know, today we are going to have some great subjects. But before we get started, I want to thank El Señor Rico. Rico, how are you doing today, my brother? doing pretty good just got back from uh the uk so i'm feeling refreshed you're refreshed you went out of the country for some time and you're back in the country again you were you know we're you're needed but hey <laughs> i have some i have some news that you know i i love what you bring to our program you kind of give me a little bit of a youthful feeling with your scratching and jamming with the new stuff you know i i really enjoy that so let me just say that i am I'm going to miss that because, as you guys know, Politics Done Right is going to be moving effective Monday to 6 a.m., 6 in the morning during drive time for five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I won't be with you. And for those who are used to listening to Politics Done Right at noon, please remember, if you can't wake up with me and take on the great new stuff we're going to be doing at noon, I ask you to remember that the, 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 the archives are still going to be there for you to listen to it at whatever hour you want at kpft.org. Or, of course, you can listen to it at listen to it live again at three o'clock at politicsdoneright.com. You guys have supported us for such a long time. I want to make sure that you stay in the Politics Done Right family here at KPFT and everywhere else, folks. That is what we're talking about. I want to thank all of you guys. Now, Friday, when, when, when we have our last noon show, I'll have a lot more to say, but I want to make sure that all of you know that you are absolutely always appreciated, folks. Always, always appreciated. I want you to come for those of you who can be here at 6 a.m. in the mornings for the show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Remember, you got a whole two more hours on air of Politics Done Right. Bring it up. Bring it up the talk shows here because, again, it will be at 6 o'clock. It will be Politics Done Right. At 7 o'clock, it's going to be uh, Amy Goodman with uh, Democracy Now. At 8 o'clock, it's going to be You Call with Steve Hunter. At 9 o'clock. Hey, I don't remember all this stuff. I just remember those first few talk shows. Right, Rico? I mean, uh, I haven't been here long enough to know. Well, you know, what happened, Rico, is the following. You were out of town for like two weeks of us not having you and a lot changed in those two weeks that are, that are there. So, folks, don't forget. Uh, give us a call. 713-526-5738. Extension numero dos. 713-526-5738. Extension number two. So don't forget, folks. Anyhow, we have a great program for you today. The title of the show is From Citizen to candidate Natalie Carter. Also, a lion Fox News gets off easy. Money talks, sadly. Money talks, sadly. But anyway, folks, I've, I, I, like I'm like I'm saying, like I'm telling you, folks. Um, let me just say, I don't take the same position you're going to hear on the mainstream media. I don't take the position that money talks. So. Somehow Fox News is paying the piper. That's not where I'm at. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. But you know what? Before I get into the actual subject, these two items that I said is the subject of the day. 
All of you by now have heard about the Missouri kid, the good kid, the kid in the band, the kid that, that wants to be an engineer, the kid that has the, his full life ahead of him. A homeowner, he knocked on the wrong door. He went to pick up his brother. He knocks on the wrong door. And what happens? What happens for knocking on the wrong door? He simply, uh, he simply got shot in the head. And other than getting shot in the head, he gets shot in the arm. I mean, for knocking a door. I really want you guys to understand what we're talking about here. Suppose you are a Domino's delivery person. Suppose you are a, uh, somebody going to mail something. You got shot because you knocked the door. And people look at that and sometimes they think, well, you know, there are all these laws, castle doctrine and all these other laws that are passed. Now, anybody who wants a gun can get a gun. Hey, you don't even have to get a fact check. Go to a gun show and exchange a gun for money. Everybody is armed and dangerous now. We take it. And everybody wants to say we have our Second Amendment rights, right? We got our Second Amendment rights. So uh, I'm going to tell you something, folks. We're killing ourselves. For people who've been all over this country, all over the world, and hell, I'm from Panama. This only happens in America. And don't think it's because of our Second Amendment. Why? Oh, we should just have all these freedoms to have guns, etc., etc., etc. It has very little to do about that. It's all about, and I want you to listen well, it's all about one industry being able in 10 years to take us from 300 million guns in this country to 400 million guns in this country just because they can make a buck. And whereas the AR-15 used to be 3 to 4% of the guns bought, the AR-15, we're now talking about 20 to 25% of gun sales. A gun with that lethality, a gun that pulverizes organs, bones. I want you guys to realize this. I want you guys to understand this. This is not about Second Amendment at all. This is about much, much more. This is about much, much more. Um, before I get started, I'll just go ahead and say this. When we start, when we start to understand this, uh, I think somebody is ready to come in, Rico. Uh, when, when, when we understand this, people, okay, I want you to get this. When we understand that we have been for decades for this, from the inception of this country, Using the Constitution to allow the gains of a few under false pretenses. And that's exactly what this gun issue is about. This gun issue is about ensuring that a particular 
industry can continue to profit, continue to profit at the expense of humanity. Okay? I want you guys all to remember that. By the way, Natalie, it's all cleaned up, all Lysol down and everything to make sure that you won't come to KPFT and think, KPFT has infected me as I came to the studios. Come on in and come close so we can get you on, on, the, on the cameras as well. Anyway, folks, let, let me tell you, all right? Uh, Jack, bring Jack onto the call. Jack, how are you doing today, my dear brother? I'm good. I'm good, Egberto. Uh, you know, I've been writing some pieces about this, you know, and uh, I'm kind of tying it into the, you know, the forces of empire yes. is what I call it, you know. Yes. Um, this gun, this gun rights uh, issue, I think, is being driven by some empire issues. Yes. Uh, let me read. Let me read you what I've been writing. Okay. Um, Okay, you know they're 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 saying Biden wants to come get your guns, right? You know, I I believe that the gun owners, you know, are propagandized by the right just as the left, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I feel like they are play they are playing these gun owners and radicalizing them with this hate. You know, you know. Go ahead, Jack. I'm sorry. Okay, can I? Uh, just let me read this piece, and it ties a lot together. Okay, real you know, quick. It tie, it, it, okay, it take about two minutes. Okay. Okay. I believe you're being played not only to a confrontation with democracy, but a confrontation with yourselves. I'm talking about the gun owners. This, this, the gun owner is being exploited by forces of empire, gun lobbies, propaganda, you know, inflated ideologies about the Second Amendment and a media-driven hype about false threats misrepresenting, you know, issues like, you know, hordes of Mexicans coming over to do whatever. Uh, the gun owners don't need nuts with guns. Young, immature adults who have been radicalized for a race war shooting up school children. Mm -hmm. This is gross, grotesque manifestation of what empire is up to. They are baiting you to kill their opposition in the streets, your brothers, your sisters, your children. Because once the firing starts, yes, they will kill many, but... But you will kill many, but they will kill many, too. You will kill theirs, and they will kill yours. How does this serve you? It won't. All right. Now, I'm going to cut, cut you right there because I think we get the gist, and we have some other callers and a guest, uh, okay. Jack. But I appreciate that. Uh, remember, you got my email. Those kinds of those kind of wording from the ranking file from our listeners are things I want to hear. So, so go ahead and send me that text, and I'll go ahead and post that in your name. Okay, brother? Okay, I sure will. All right. You take one, and thank you so kindly for calling into Politics Done Right. Let's pick up on Ray real quick. Brother Ray, talk to me. Hey, Berto, uh, shout out and happy hump day to you. Thank you, my brother. Yes, uh, just real quick, uh, I had a, an epiphany while I was on hold yes. as we're talking about this um, gun issue. And, you know, it, it just begs the question, you know, they find this to be the Holy Amendment. But when it came to, you know, I've watched many movies and documentaries and documentaries about the Black Panther Party mm -hmm. and 
they were uh, a group that rose up and wanted to exude their Second Amendment rights for no other purpose than self-defense against racist cops. Exactly. And and they were they were the federal government deemed them a terrorist organization. Right. Now, tell me in the country where the Second Amendment is supposed to be, you know, for the people, by the people. But you know what that means. It's for the other man, exactly. not the brother man, right. to have that right and hey. protect himself against the brother man. Let, but I ain't going to go too deep there. Ray, Ray, listen to me, man, brother. Listen to me. We have to remember that what Ronald Reagan did in California, it's only after the Black Panther picked up arms in California that they decided they were going to have gun control in California because, oh my God, you mean those others will be arming themselves as well? Hell no. So you hit the nail on the head, Ray. Ray? I mean, basically, yeah, I'm still here, man. Yeah. I'm just just basically saying, like, it's only a problem. You know, there's a there's a rap lyric and, and it's basically saying, you know, it's cool when they do it. It's a problem when they do it. Right. Right. You know, well, you know, something like that, you know, oh, it's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. I said it in reverse. No, no, I I know what you said. And I'm pretty sure everybody at large know what you're talking about. Let me tell you that that stuff with the kid, though, is a lot more dangerous than people understand. Because, I mean, when when somebody makes the argument about what that what happens, you know, yesterday, a young kid at my hometown in Kingwood or not home to my home in Kingwood, young kid looking kind of scraggly with long hair and all of that. But he was a white kid came to the door, knocked, we opened the door, he delivered it's pizza or whatever it was he came to deliver. But suppose, suppose let's take it. Suppose it was a Rasta who went to somebody in Kingwood that somehow that looked strange to them and they just popped a cap into him and then come and say castle defense. Castle defense, even if I just thought that this person was coming on my property to do me harm and they get off. You notice how quickly that guy in Missouri almost got off until the entire community came out into. And I'm talking about not not the black community. I'm talking about the entire community came out. I said, oh, my God, if this happens. But what people saw was empathetic. They saw this could potentially happen to my kid, too. And that is where we got to get the argument, Ray. But Ray, I got a guest in the studio, brother, that we got to uh, get to. And I appreciate your call. Hey, by the way, we're moving to uh, at 6 a.m. in the morning starting uh, starting Monday. But, you know, our three o'clock show every day still continues as well on the Internet. For those folks who just say, oh, my God, I can't get up at six in the morning to listen to Egberto. So we'll still be uh, doing uh, the, two, the the other show as well. And of course, they can always go to kpft.org for the archive, brother. OK, spread the word. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be checking YouTube for sure. All right, my brother, you take care. We'll talk. All right. All right. Take care. Hey, thank you. Anyway, folks, like I said, the title of the show, From Citizen to Candidate, Natalie Carter. And as, of course, a lion Fox News gets off easy. Money talks. Anyway, uh, let, let's actually get started. I'm going I'm to skip on that, that um, subtitle so that we can get into El Programa. All right, we have From Citizen to Candidate, Natalie Carter. And I just had, hey, Natalie, I just had surgery on my eye. Oh. Uh, cataract. So if, 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 uh, not because you are young Rico, 
means that you can laugh at this old man who went ahead and got his eyes oh, cut open, okay? It's not like that, I promise, I promise. I think I saw a smirk on your face, brother. <laughs> no. It's like, my God, Egberto, are you that old that you have to have cataract surgery? No, I'm just I'm surprised. not old, okay, I'm just... So much has happened. ...have a defected lens, all right. Okay. <laughs> I just needed just some repair. I just need some repair, right? All right, anyway, from citizen to candidate, Natalie Carter, and I hope I can read this and I'm going to blow it up. When I met Natalie Carter at an event and read her website, it was immediately obvious why I took an interest in her candidacy for the humble independent school district school board. Her moniker is from citizen to candidate. And that is what is all that is what it's all about. Natalie has a bachelor's and master's in the nursing field. She is a wife, a mother, and an involved and it's involved in her community. She decided to take off from pers- her personal career yeah. to take care, to focus on family and community. Those who follow politics done right know that we believe that government is really we the people and not the caricature too many attempt to attribute to our government. First of all, Natalie, thank you so kindly for being a part of Politics Done Right and being here with us. How are you doing today, my friend? You know, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is like my first radio interview. Well, you know, I'm excited excited to have you here because I always talk about, you know, um, people have to get involved. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's funny because folks that are doing the wrong thing, many times are the ones who decide to get involved in politics. Those people that are banning books, those people that are trying to control the lives of people in school and diminish their education with fallacies like, you're teaching CRT and all this, this kind of crap. So when I saw your candidacy for a board where people like to sometimes raise false hell, Mm -hmm. I said, you are one whose voice needed to be heard. So tell me a little bit about yourself, first of all. Well, thank you for that cool introduction. I'm super excited. So my name is Natalie Carter. I am a mother of three students that attend Humble ISD. Um, I am a nurse practitioner. That I And you're, thank you for just conveying that message that I did take a break to focus on my family and my community. Um, I noticed, you know, the more that I became involved in the kids' schooling and their activities, the better they did. Mm-hmm. Not only they're f- them, but they're friends, mm-hmm. right? So I have, I'm missing a field trip this Saturday because I'm, right. I'm focusing on our candidacy so we could win. So the kids are like, oh, Miss Carter, you're not coming. And I'm like, no, but next time it's okay. We're It'll be fine. But I noticed that that started happening, mm-hmm. right? They were excited to see me at the schools. And so the kids were just starting to do better. And so after, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers. And, you know, we decided to take my um, expertise and my abilities from being a room parent to a PTO president to the next level. And so that's where I am. I'm running for Humble ISD school board um, for position seven, to be exact. Well, uh, what do you intend to bring to that position? I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, everybody always want to talk about a congressional, the national congressional race and the senatorial race and all these other things, not realizing that they actually have direct input in how their local schools are going to operate and how these other entities that directly control them are going to operate. How are you going to convey that message to these people, especially to a to a section within Humble that rarely that rarely votes Right. I think it's just about getting the message how important this is. I always 
especially during being a candidate now, just learning the importance of local elections. Mm-hmm. I, I, everyone gets distracted by these national races and the national elections, but what impacts your everyday life is your local elections. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, our children. We're making like board trustees for any independent school district. They make a, like educational decisions that'll impact your child's life. Mm-hmm. Literally. Right. And impacts the community and the civics of the community. So it's extremely important that if you have any concerns or disagreements with the current, uh, your current school climate or the way that things are going on in your child's school or the community as a whole, it's really important to focus in on those local governments and go, those local entities and see how you can impact them. You know, what is interesting is that we hear, we see a lot of the shenanigans, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. right there at the Humble they have been in protest when they attempted to do many different things at the, in this particular, with this particular board and boards before. And what we've noticed uh, often is that they get away with this because only the folks that are, uh, that in, in a lot of ways, I, ha- this may sound wrong. And that's why I think it is so important that uh, for people to listen to what you said initially, I left, I put my profession on hold to take care of family and community. Yes. There are a lot of people who don't have to have a profession that they can use that time to push policies, not necessarily in the best interest of community, but in the best interest of a few. And that's what's so attractive with your candidacy. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's just the nurse that's in me. Mm I always wanted nursing and loving and making sure that I'm not just providing this type of level of service to one individual, but to everybody that I serve. Mm -hmm. Um, It's critical, you know, especially just getting the more involved I got, the more I learned and the more I wanted to impact that. Mm -hmm. And education is the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. So it's it's important that we get involved. And I always tell my friends and my neighbors who aren't able to take off of work Mm -hmm. that I'm like, don't worry, you focus on your kid Mm -hmm. or you work. uh, Sorry, you focus focus on work. I'll take care of the kids. I'll text you. I'll let you know. Right. It's okay. Trust me. I'm looking out for your kids. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what it means. to. It it takes a village, right? Right. I'm an active participant in that village. I will text the parent in a heartbeat like, hey, this person's cutting up today. So, but yeah, and I I recognize that not everybody has that luxury, Mm -hmm. but I really want them to breast assured knowing that I'm sincerely looking out for their kid and their kid's future. Even though that we might not be related, I literally am looking out for the Oh, almost 50,000 students in our district. You know, I love to hear that because, and especially when you give people permission to not feel guilty mm-hmm. about having to work. Because like I said, I watch a lot of the activity in the, specifically in the humble school district for which you are running, where there are a lot of people, and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just say, that don't have a damn thing to do during the day. And they use that to be ill-informed and in the, in the process of being an Ill, Ill, ill-informed, have bad policy for students. Now, tell me a little bit about, I don't, I haven't followed lately, but where is this book issue that is going around the country? Uh, how is that currently affecting Humble ISD? Above that and beyond, how is the issue about not teaching real history affecting folks in Humble ISD? Is this something that you will ensure as a member of this board being elected that you will, you know, you will make sure and have a voice that they they do what's right. Absolutely. Um, 
One, I'm a person of integrity. That is near and dear to my heart. I have the best intentions to make our district exceptional. Um, with regards to the book banning, um, we see this as a national phenomenon now. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost like a playbook that you have, especially mm-hmm. with some of the groups that are affiliated or associated with this movement. Um, for me, I think it's impacting our district in a negative fashion. Um, it's a distraction as well as it's a, it's a tool of division. Right. It's dividing and distracting us in so many ways that are not constructive. Currently, our policy the policy that the board of trustees have voted on is in place and mm-hmm. it's working. It is in line with TEA guidelines as well as the Texas penal code. Mm-hmm. Anything else or any deviation from that policy or from the penal code would subject the district to potential sanctions as well as legal legal challenges. And mm-hmm. you don't want that. That could, that could cost the district millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, you don't want to carelessly go about removing books because each book is required to have a due process before mm-hmm. they're removed. So again, the process is currently in place. It's working. I recognize that there's passion about this, this topic. Um, however, we have to do due process. If not, we're subjected to um, compromising the first amendment, right? Where we're taking, a, taking away information that could compromise the child's education. And we have to do due process and our due diligence. So I think it's starting to like, I guess I think the process is starting to just kind of settle down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've encouraged at a forum recently that, hey, you know what? If you don't like the language that's in the penal code, that's a legislative issue. Right. The board trustees are required to uphold the law as it is written. Mm-hmm. Any deviation from that puts the district at severe liability. So I think that message is starting to sink in. And hopefully we could kind of redirect and reunify our community from the distractions and divisions that this has caused. With regards to teaching the with history in its entirety, I agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I recognize that any histories with regards to race or anything that um, makes us feel uncomfortable, it makes us all feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Not just one group, right, all of us. It's right. not something that we enjoy. Doing. I know, you know, it's so. I, 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 I want to. I, I think you need to stress that. You know, folks, it's like it's make it makes me it it, so, it makes some kids feel uncomfortable, so we don't talk about it. Well, it, the whole thing, you know, I remember uh, this is a quick story. I remember when my daughter, my daughter went to school in Kingwood, and when she was going to elementary school, and they were learning about Christopher Columbus, right? And uh, you know, she, she we always used to speak. I, I teach my daughter real history. Mm-hmm. I don't depend on a school to teach my daughter history. Right. So I remember telling my daughter. Uh, Christopher Columbus did not discover America. You can't discover something that was already there where people were there already. And I would tell her he discovered America for the Europeans who didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's 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 teach his history accurately. And <laughs> she she went to school and she, the teacher said, Christopher Columbus discovered America. And she raised her hands like, um, my dad said that it's not Christopher Columbus who discovered America. And then the teacher had to go into a protracted explanation, which I think should have been done in the first place. Right, right, right. But the, the thing about it is when we have parents involved in the education, I mean, if, if a white parent hears something that isn't accurate, just as much as if a black parent or a Latino parent or anybody hears something that isn't quite accurate, we want them in, we want our kids informed. History is something that prevents us from repeating bad mistakes. Right. And it's uncomfortable. And the thing is, it's important when we do it with sensitivity. Right. right? Not intending to group shame, but that doesn't give permission to change that 
that what happened of the past or, you know, use new words instead of calling slavery for what it was, which was slavery. Don't call it involuntary relocation. Mm-hmm. Just to just do you understand what I'm saying? Well, actually, there's a book that I actually wanted to just call it a migration. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I think that does our, our students a disservice when we don't we do not um, teach history in its entirety. It puts us at grave risk of one, not giving our, our, our students total education that they deserve Two, or two. Yeah, we're, we're not giving our students enough credit to be able to handle right. some of these difficult topics and allowing them to come to their conclusions. And three, it's just not right. Exactly. But you know what? You talk about we're not giving our students enough credit. That is absolutely the case. I mean, the students many times are smarter than the parents in regards to how they deal with social issues, how they deal with humanity. Sometimes they think their parents are crazy for some of the ideas that came down from all the fold. And, and now they're sitting down there saying, Mom, why? Or even my, I remember having a, a conversation with my nephew and, uh, you know, we were, I don't remember the issue we were talking about because as a political activist, I'm always, you know, I believe in social justice, racial justice, all these things. So we were talking and he said, you know, you know, uh, you know, Tio, he said, uh, Tio, I'm going to tell you this stuff. Um, all of you guys are going to be dead, but we know what's going on already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I laughed, you know, because he's like, in, in other words, he was trying to tell me, you know, you guys can keep with all the old stuff that you want. You'll be dead, but we know what's going on. And the only fear that I have now is what some of the adults are trying to do with a particular sect of kids to try to put the same evil that, that you know, same evil that has permeated much of society then back into them. And the good thing that I'm seeing a lot of times with, I always said I love Gen Zs because mm-hmm. they are sure showing people, nah, we are taking control. Right. And you know what? And that's, they gave me hope. Um, our future definitely gives me hope. And that's why one of our, my hashtags is our future is strong. Our future is strong. However, I've recognized that some of the, I had to just take a step back and see why are we, see it appears that we're taking a step back and I know mm-hmm. it's rooted in fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rooted in fear um, or guilt. Um, and I just want to rest assured that regardless, I'm still going to be a board trustee for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that don't agree with me, the ones that do agree with me. Right. I'm the ones that, you know, may not like me for whatever reason. I'm going to still serve in this in the same capacity with integrity um, and trying to meet people where they are. Because I think that's important for us to just go beyond our differences and try to unify and get to as close as the middle. Mm-hmm. Compromise as possible. It, it's funny because that it, it, it is so much more pleasurable Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, do you like to be running around the place upset and pissed off? No, and th- that's what it is. It's like, man, it's just like when we're constantly fighting, we're distracted. Yeah. We're angry. It's, it's, it takes its toll on you. But it, it, it you know, it it's also serves a purpose. But Natalie, uh, there's a caller that wants to ask something of the subject we we're talking with before. So I'm going to ask you to hold sure. one quick second. We'll continue that and bring Brooks in. Brooks, you said you wanted to pose a question. Go ahead and pose your question, Brooks. Uh, let's see here. I think you're, uh, he's not live yet. <laughs> All right, Brooks, pose your question, brother. Um, it's about the second amendment, Egberto. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, there are so many people who seem to be second amendment absolutists, mm-hmm. um, which is one thing in itself, but, but everyone now seems to consider the second clause of the amendment uncoupled from the first, which mm-hmm. re- is in regard to the need for 
a militia. A militia, right. And, and, and of course, you know, the militia is not the same as it was when the Militia Acts were passed in the late 18th century. Right. And, you know, it's been superseded by the National Guard and so forth. And so do, do you know where, what the meaning of a militia is today with respect to the Second Amendment? Because it's clear that the founders related those concepts the militia and the second amendment mm-hmm. and and the right to, and the right to bear arms but well, today the militia essentially doesn't exist so where does that leave the second amendment uh, let me let me let me let me first answer it this way uh, first of all i would claim and you know this is not to discount absolutely anything that you've said uh, absolutists who follow the constitution i pretty much disregard because I don't give a document more validity than I give humanity. I know where you're going to be coming from. And I, I know that you're saying, hey, a militia today isn't what a militia would be tomorrow. To put it more closely, a militia would more likely be something like what we call the National Guard right now. And I think you would agree with that. Well, yes, yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying, and I'm 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 interested in exploring what the legalities might be considered to be today. Now, you know, I, but again, uh, Brother Brooks, the legality today doesn't. Our Supreme Court has proven that the legality does not mean much anymore. It is whatever we want it to be. I mean, uh, I understand what you're saying, but, uh, you know, how can I work with a moving target? How can I work with a, how can I talk about laws where precedents no longer matter? And I get where you're coming from, right? But I think we now have a Supreme Court where precedents doesn't matter. So while I can agree with you 100%, the legality doesn't mean anything because we have nine people that we've give omnipotent power to do as they please. So explain to me, give me your thoughts. But what I'm saying is, I, while I agree with you, I don't know that it really matters given the type of su- what the Supreme Court has become. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, that's that's fine. I just wondered if that was a, a, a question you'd be interested in exploring. Yes, I, I, I'm, be, I, I am I'd always interested. I'd be interested in somebody with a, you know, a legal historical perspective who could sort of shed light on that. But I understand what you're saying, that, it, that, the, that the question probably wouldn't go anywhere in the exactly. current, you know, politi- political and judicial climate. Exactly. But, but, but what, you know, if someone were going to analyze it thoroughly and, and with a considered approach, mm-hmm. what would they think? What would they think? That's all I was. I, no, I, I'm saying what they would think pretty much is what you would have said. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Agdoto. All right. All right, folks. Anyway, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Mr. Brooks posed a very important and interesting question about the legalities based on the Second Amendment. The issue that I constantly have is in our and, and he says in our current climate and he's correct about that in our current climate. I don't know how we define legalities anymore. I mean, if, if a if a if a judge in Amarillo, Amarillo can actually make a change to federal to the to the Food and Drug Administration with one stroke of a pen and stop every woman's from having woman from having her rights, I mean, our country has become a laissez-faire institution. I'm sorry. We have to get it back. And the only way we get it back is at the ballot box. But anyway, with us today, continue to be 
Natalie Carter, who is running to be on the uh, the, the school board in in Humble, uh, Humble, Texas, the Humble Independent School District. I'm honored to have her here Thank in you. the studio with me. And again, her motto is from citizen to, to candidate. candidate. And right. I think that is so important because, mm-hmm. again, we preach here all of the times that we, the people, I mean, it's not anytime you hear somebody say, the government does this or the government is no good and all of that. It, it is almost looking in the mirror and saying, I am a failure because government is supposed to be we, the people. And when I see somebody uh, like Natalie Carter running and saying, I'll be a part of the government in governing your schools in doing what's right, I cannot help but get excited and realize we're coming to where we're supposed to be and should have been. Natalie, you have to say? Yeah, I think it's important that you just uh, take that step, right? I, I, I'm not a politician by any means. Wait, right? let me let me, let me me stop there. I want to stop you there, okay? You are a politician, Natalie, okay? Oh, boy. Natalie, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. I want, I want to be governed by politicians, you know, it is it is a nice thing to say, oh, I'm not a politician. I don't want to be governed by a businessman. A businessman doesn't know the humanity necessary to be a politician to cover all social issues. They look for profit. They look for, and I have no problem with profit, but at the same token, when we're talking about social issues, I want... Oh, so I say you're saying a politician from understanding the policy standpoint. Of course. And and the governance and the policy. Remember, we have redefined, we've redefined government. We've redefined politician like it's a bad thing. A politician is an, a real politician is an honorable thing. Miss Carter, what you're doing as a politician, as a, wait, as a, as a, Citizen turned politician is an honorable thing. Thank you. Yeah, you're okay. right because it's it's been stigmatized. Thank you for helping yes. me clarify that. So it's not a bad thing. No, because you want somebody that has competence and, and that has the ability to actually interpret policy absolutely as well as accordingly. So yeah, I, and so but this is my first time like actually taking a step in and asking for support, right? As well as getting the votes out. So it's been a very interesting process. It's been humbling. Our our campaign is gaining momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, initially at first. I was kind of viewed as like the, who is this? Oh, it's really cute that this PTO president wants to come and, you know, run for office. Right. But now I think we've, you know, made significant progress and people are taking our campaign quite seriously. Well, and I think it's important. Look, like I said, I want somebody who has kids, not necessarily who, not necessarily that you have to have kids to serve, but you know, you've been in every aspect of Mm -hmm. helping people. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that schools as a nurse, you know that schools. Uh, oh, please talk directly in the mic when you're talking, oh, right? Because and I make the mistake myself. Don't yes. worry. Uh, you know, you know that um, school needs nurses. Right. You know that. You know all these things. Right. That's needed there. Right. You are in. In. I don't know how to say it in English, but we will say está sumamente calificada. That means you are all uh, qualified, overly qualified, qualified. No, not overly qualified. <laughs> I don't want to say nobody wants to say they're overly qualified. You could never be overly qualified for a job dealing with the people. Right. Thank you. You know, 
So yes, you are very qualified. You have your masters, you have your bachelors, you got everything. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to serve. It's, it's more so just the commitment to serve. Yes. Um, that's, I'm, oh, I will always be a nurse. Yeah. Literally when I was campaigning, a kid got hit by a car right. and I'm like, oh, I had my nursing bag in my car and I'm like, right. sorry, y'all, I got to go. And we had to help this young man out. And thankfully we were able to, but um, yeah, I think that's always going to be a part of me. It's definitely going to be that, that it's never going to die in me as, as I further along my my path mm -hmm. and I'm excited to serve. Well, I, I'm excited. You know, like I said, from the time that I met you and then I went to your website and I said, you know, these are the kind of folk that we need to have on school boards. I know many, well, I know all of our current school board members. Uh, you will be an asset uh, onto, onto that board and you will bring the necessary um I don't want to say diversity because well, diversity it's like, of thought. No, no, no. it's diversity yeah, of thought for exactly. sure. A lot more than uh, with your with just your presence alone and what you bring. It would be so different than what's there right now, and would be so much more beneficial to the students at whether it's at Humble High. Kingwood High. What's the other one? Summer, uh, Summer, Summer Creek. Summer Creek. Atascacita. Atascacita. All these, mm -hmm. all these schools, there needs to be a change of what the board has been. Uh, let's see. What's, uh, come on in, Linwood. Let's bring Linwood into the fold. Lynn, how are you doing today, my dear friend? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. Talk to me. Um, yes. What I do think about how being governed by politicians is great, mm -hmm. but if you really look at how. Oh, wait, wait, something happened to your phone. Uh, what's going on? Can you, uh, because I want, it seemed you were about to say something that I definitely want to hear. Okay. So your Bluetooth. So please, if you can get to your phone and not the Bluetooth so we can get you, because it seems to me like you have something very important to say. Go ahead. That buys the politicians and pays for their campaigns mm -hmm. because the majority of the working people don't put money into the campaigns because how can they put the money in the campaign of somebody they don't even see there? Okay, sir, I, I kind of missed the gist of your uh, your statement. So repeat, please. If you have politicians, yes, that are basically being paid by corporate interests, most of whom are operated by white persons, yeah, then the people there in those districts, mm -hmm. they only see this person on Fox News or MSNBC, right. but the vast majority of their Congress people never make it on TV. Right. So how would they know that that, that politician's there? Most people that live in these congressional like I do don't even know who their state representatives are. Now, uh, let me let me first say, Lynn, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, this this little community radio station called KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. One of the things we try to do here, and it's not just right here on the radio, but I don't know if you follow some of the stuff that I do with blogging and and otherwise, because you are absolutely right. The mainstream media concentrates on who they want to concentrate on. Basically, mostly what the corporate state tells them to do and who they promote as the ones. But you know what? Um, we have the opportunities to do different. And one of the things that as, as an activist, as a political activist, I try to do is bring forth everyone to, come, to, to simply address what you've just said. 
Can it be done? Yes. Is it easy? No. How? It, no, how, it's not. It's not easy, but there's this stuff called, and, and you know, they're scared for us to realize this reality. There's something called geometric progression. And geometric progression means if you sit down and you listen to a politics done right, I'm just using politics done right as an example, and you tell 10 people about it, and you you enlighten those 10 people to 10 tell another 10. Geometric progression is more powerful than what mainstream media is doing right now by just having one channel to throw their stuff out on. It's not enough to just for you, my brother Lynn, to say, uh, how, are we, how are we going to make a change? I'm going to say we make a change when you, when Natalie, Natalie decided that I ain't going to take this anymore. I'm going to be a part of the solution. And she threw herself into the game. You, Lynn, you may not run as a politician, but you may be able to tell somebody that, hey, there is a Natalie out there that needs to be in the fold. You may not have heard about her elsewhere, but guess what? You know now. Do you agree with me, sir? I agree with you. Absolutely. And that's what we got to do, brother. But at the same time, too. Go ahead. All right. We're missing. Uh, I think we're missing you, uh, Lynn, with the, with the Bluetooth. But I got to run to another caller. I think we've made our like point. L, I, go ahead. Like when L's, um, Roger L's made his memo uh-huh. that the American people are fat and lazy and they want their thinking done for them. Mm-hmm. I think that has set into multitude of generations yes. to where the people are, you know, I, I live in a very conservative district. I do, people, too. People actually don't, the, the majority of people didn't go to work every day, but they carry the same Republican talking points, but they don't even know the policies that the Republicans are pushing. They just say, whatever the Republicans do, it's good for America. And you know what? That's but, why we do what we do how? here. Look, that's why we do what we do here, okay? That's why we do what we do here. Sure. Before before you go, I just want to ask if you want to add anything to that real quickly or. Yes, I, I just want to just let people know that you could just visit my website at carterforumbleisd.com if they want more information about my platform. I am a very independent thinker and I am not anyone's parrot by any means. So I tend to so do. Which what, office are you running for? I am running for Umble ISD board trustee position seven. So um, about this, uh, you're in Houston. So what is your status on the state taking over the Houston Independent School District, even though the school district got its stuff together for the governor decided to say we're going to take it over anyway? I think it's a very unfortunate circumstance. I think that, um, in fact, they were turning things around significantly and they were making great strides. Um, I, I think it's unfortunate how they went in. I think it's definitely politicized. However, I did want to take the opportunity to invite any of those um, our Houston ISD teachers who are looking for a new job, a new place to come and call themselves home and lend their talents to amazing students. Come on over to Humble ISD. We're looking for amazing teachers to come and we can support you as well as your support support staff, come on over. We have plenty of positions open and ready to take you on. I'm sorry. Thank you very much for calling in, Lynn. I got to run to the other caller because we're running slow on time. Okay, brother? No problem. Have a good day. Thank you, Jim. Come on. Jim, come on in. Hello. Yes, I've been hearing a lot of this stuff and about uh, that if you teach kids history, the true history and everything, it's going to make them feel uncomfortable and we can't worry about making kids feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think we keep hearing this over and over and seeing history does not make a kid feel uncomfortable. It doesn't matter what race they are or anything else. If you teach a kid 
what the actual history is. There isn't any way that that kid identifies with the the person that did whatever, you know. It's that they're looking at history. They're not feeling uncomfortable that it's somehow them unless you put that in people's heads. That's the only way somebody's going to feel uncomfortable. Right. That's a good point. You're right. And, um, however, I think that's probably where we're, we're, we're like, we're, we're not having, I think that's probably why they're probably under trying to, or maybe conflicted by what they're learning at home versus what they're learning at school. And so that's definitely one of my um, key elements is community engagement. So where we could all meet and, and just kind of just become partners in their child's education. And I think it's critical that it's not only, um, you know, the teachers, but also the parents to become involved and just kind of have a united front with regard to, you know, educating and bringing forth the best possible students who will ultimately lead our future. And so I'm, I'm very passionate about that. Thank you for that perspective. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jim, for calling in. Anyhow, anyhow, folks, um, I have one other subject to cover, but before that, what I want to give, uh, give Natalie the opportunity to do is tell us a little bit about, give us a little closer as far as, uh, what, what you intend to do, how is your campaign going and also how people can reach you to learn about your, your candidacy. Right. And so again, three of my major platform issues that are near and dear to my heart include community engagement. I'm passionate about that, getting our parents involved getting them in the schools, as well as just forming a bridge between, um, you know, just aspects and elements of our community that seem to be divided by various things, as well as school safety. Um, I really want to focus on fortifying the schools without necessarily removing the sanctity of school as a whole. But I really do want to focus on mental health Mm -hmm. and mental health of our students. Um, Our pandemic and other cataclysmic events that have happened in our district is, you know, done a number on their mental health. So my goal is to disrupt the pathway to violence. So where we no longer have to have these active shooter trainings or have to have these unfortunate, um, you know, stories or hear of any, you know, terrible shootings that might go on. Um, and the thirdly is definitely teacher recruitment um, and retention and not only teachers, but let me say this, the educational support staff, meaning the custodians, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, focusing on recruiting and retaining the best will definitely bring our school district to where it needs to be. Natalie Carter, uh, I, I wish you luck in, in the race. As a host, I can't take positions, but I'm telling you, you're, you're one impressive candidate. Thank you. And I really, I, I, I really hope that folks uh, see the light because what has been dearly missing from the humble ISD in many, many instances is not only a thinker, but somebody who understands community and somebody who understands people. And um, you bring the entire full picture. I want to tell everybody online, I forgot to tell all you beautiful people. Hi, Alistair Waters. Welcome aboard. Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard. E2247. Welcome aboard. As well as May Wood. Daniel Ledo. Quien más está aquí? We tenemos aquí también. Let's see. Everybody else. I don't have the whole list or I can't really uh, tell you all, but folks, don't remember before I, before I get into the last subject, I want to remind everybody that we are moving to KPFT 90.1 here, Egberto Willis at Politics Done Right at uh, 6 a.m. in the mornings, starting on Monday. Those of you who are still up, tune in, tell folks about it. 
We're going to have a new audience plus whatever part of the old audience we can carry over. But remember, still at politicsdoneright.tv, you can still get the full live program at 3 p.m. So those of you who've always supported us, we're always going to be here. But last subject of the day, I want to make sure to tell uh, hold on a second. You got to leave, or uh, oh yeah, do, I can hang out. Oh yeah, you can okay, hang out because great. I may I may ask you something about what I'm going to talk about. We okay, got about a couple. Okay. How much minutes we got? About uh, about five minutes or so. Okay, let me let me let me just. I'm not going to read the text. I'm just going to tell you what I have. Fox News has settled its case with Dominion. Everybody's talking about it as if somehow Fox News has you know has lost. Folks, understand this. Fox News won. Fox News won. 767 or 787, however much money it is. That is peanut. That's chump change. From Dominion, it's a lot of money. Dominion is a $100 million company. So getting $787 million is about, what, eight, almost eight times Mm -hmm. their worth. But you know what, my brothers and sisters... That's chump change for uh, for uh, for Fox News, even though they don't have to come out because they don't have to come out and say, people, we lied to you. We caused an insurrection, which cost billions to take care of. We misled people. We lied to them. We ensured that these darn people's minds are screwed for the rest of time. That's what Fox News has done. And for that 787 million, uh, let me tell you, you know, pastors who run churches that just make money, they prefer, you know what? They don't come for your money. They come for your minds. And you know what Fox News has? The minds of about 30% of this damn country. The minds of 30%. And you know what? They control by having the minds of 30% of this country. That means they own their pocketbooks. That's why Donald Trump can go out there and raise money. A rich man with gold toilets. It's telling people, hey, they have me under arrest. Can you give me some money for my legal fees that actually I'm going to use somewhere else? And then his minions give him the money. Folks, if I have your mind, I can take you to the cleaners. Fox News won. They have $4 billion in the bank right now. It's only going to cost them less than 25% of that amount of cash they have in the bank. Stop being fooled by the mainstream media. Fox News won. They'll continue lying on TV. You know why? Because we've proven if we can pay $700 million dollars, and collect $1.5 billion on a consistent basis, it's the cost of doing business. Right. I just think it just adds to the just distrust that everybody has in the media. Right. Right. And as well, even in our government entities, this does not benefit the American people as a whole. So even though Fox News won, I think the American people lost. Exactly. Exactly. We really lost. Exactly. And so it's unfortunate. Hey, folks, we're going to be getting out of here. I think uh, Rico is about to kick me out. I heard him scratching a bit. Oh, you're not. You're still going to give me another minute, Rico. Oh, I got a minute. And and you know, El, 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 El Senor Howard is in there doing his magic, so it's all right. But anyhow, listen, folks. I want to thank Natalie Carter because. Um, you're not only great for the school district and humble, but I mean, I, I really like your thought process and, you know, seeing, being able to see things clearly that likely uh, that that will that on the board would make a hell 
of a difference. Anyway, I got to get out of here. Uh, folks, uh, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know what? You guys know how I end this baby. How do I end it again? I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.